0: It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: In depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game,
0: everything a Steelers fan
1: could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap.
2: What up? It is fourth down in the Steel City. I'm Adam Crowley. That's the voice you hear right now. The next voice you're going to hear is our friend Colin Dunlap.
3: Yes, it is. Uh, Thank you for introducing me, Adam. I really, really appreciate it. This is the voice you're hearing, Colin Dunlap. What do you got, man?
2: Man, I'm fired up to do this, first of all. I don't know how much of an introduction people want here or we need to do. People probably know who we are. I mean, they certainly know who you are, and I've been a part of the... Fan morning show family now for about three and a half months so if you don't know who I am why the hell are you here we're gonna do this every Monday and Friday it's gonna be fun we're gonna talk about the Steelers we're gonna make you laugh you're gonna get angry it's football so that's what this is
3: absolutely all right what do we got today so uh there's news there's things happening you guide the ship you be the man you tell me and this is how it's gonna work I think too you tell me what to talk about and I'll follow your lead this is your baby let's go
2: well, today I sort of had the theme of old quarterback, new quarterbacks, and then other crap for the final segment because, mm-hmm. hell, why not do two thirds on the quarterbacks? How about the old one today, Colin? I don't know if I want to date the podcast, but whatever. Ron Cook spoke with Ben Roethlisberger, the former Steelers quarterback, the Hall of Famer, and he sure did have a bunch to say, Colin, including that in his opinion, Art Rooney II wanted him back after 2020. Mike Tomlin was so-so. And Kevin Colbert did not want him back. What do you make of that?
3: You know, I, I thought long and hard about this. And I think some of the words that Ben said were out of line. But that being said, think about how it all worked out for the Steelers. And so you never know how it's going to work out when things start. You just know how it, out, how it works out with the, um, when you have hindsight, right? So Art Rooney got what he wanted in terms of a year in which he put butts in the seats after it came off of COVID and he had taken kind of a everybody in the NFL did had taken a big loss. So he got the Ben Farewell Victory Tour, right? Or not really victory, but the Ben Farewell Tour. So that happened, right? They got everybody uh, into the stadium. They got the Cal ripkin treatment. They got all of that. So there you go. People came to see Ben. From a Steeler standpoint, they got a, a chance at the dance. They got into the playoffs. They probably played with the quarterback who gave them the best chance, or at least somebody not named Mason Rudolph because, well, Mason Rudolph sucks. And then moving forward, they ended up, through all of it, getting the first quarterback in the draft. So as much as I'm critical of all the things that went down, If you look at those three prongs, ownership got what they wanted. Coaching from the coaching staff, they got probably the best player they could have and a chance at the playoffs. And then moving forward organizationally, is Kenny Pickett going to change things? I don't know. But they got the number one quarterback in the draft. It all sort of worked out where they were able to tank without tanking and still get the crowd and still get the excitement of everybody going down there.
2: Man, that's a really good angle on this, Colin. I think you hit it on the head, and what it made me realize is Kevin Colbert, the guy who did have a first-round grade on Mason Rudolph way back when, maybe he still does have it from a quarterback evaluation standpoint, though. If Ben's saying that Kevin Colbert didn't want him, Ben wasn't very good last year. I think you and I agree on that. Yeah, seven fourth quarter comebacks. He did a lot of bad as well. The offense was as putrid as it's been with a quote-unquote good quarterback under center. Ben didn't play well, and Kevin Colbert saw that coming. That actually gives me a little bit of faith that now Kenny Pickett, their evaluation on him isn't flawed, because I was worried about it a little bit with Mason Rudolph being the last guy with a first-round grade that they drafted.
3: Yeah, you know, well, let's square that away too. They had seven fourth quarter comebacks because they had probably 11 times in the first half where they sucked. Correct. So the seven fourth quarter comebacks were needed. But yeah, like I jumble it all about and I say, if these are the, if the, if this is the bottom and this is the bottom point and this is the down point for the Steelers, like I guess I can, I can live with it, you know? Because Ben was better than what the other opportunity or what what the other options were. But it needs to bounce right back up and be pretty good, or at least give them a shot to win a playoff game or maybe win a playoff game in the next year or two, or it was kind of a bad plan.
2: Does Ben Roethlisberger know that he looks like a prick with what he said to Ron Cook? Does he know this? Does he know? Not about the Kevin Colbert stuff, though. We talked about it on the fan morning show. Kevin Colbert's like the nicest guy in the world probably a Hall of Fame general manager, and Ben was sort of taking a shot at him there. But Ben said, and I quote, to Ron Cook in the Post-Gazette, I feel like the game has changed. I feel like the people have changed in a sense. Maybe it's because I got spoiled when I came in. The team was so important. It was all about the team. Now it's about me and this and that and the other. I might be standing on a soapbox a little bit, but that's my biggest takeaway from when I started to the end. It turned from team first to me type attitude. It was hard. Does he not realize that he was as big a me first guy as the Steelers have seen? I mean, I guess he didn't have his own helicopter and he wasn't going 150 miles an hour on McKnight Road, but, you know, among the quarterbacks in the NFL, Ben's as me, me, me as you'll find.
3: Right. And he was surrounded by me first guys who are first ballot hall of fame, me first guys in Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. So you can still be a me first guy and not be the biggest me first guy ever. A lot of quarterbacks are me first guys. That being said, two things can be true. The team can evolve and become less collegial and less uh, of an organization where everybody's pulling at the same rope and more of a place where everybody's individual and kind of doing their own thing and hoping they win. That can be true. It is. That's been the evolution of the Steelers. Chris Hoke has said it. The guys that have retired, Aaron Smith has said it. Uh, Troy Polamalu said it was part of the reason why he got out. That one thing over here can be true, but the other part is the guy saying it today in Ben Roethlisberger could also be guilty of it. You you can incriminate yourself by by pointing something out, and I think that in this case, both things are true. There was an evolution in a bad way, a lot of people think, of an individualistic Steelers organization, but Ben also was freaking part of it.
2: No doubt about that. And- I've always had a hard time rooting for Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe not way back when at the beginning, but after the motorcycle accident and then after what happened in Georgia specifically, I feel like I'm always explaining away Ben Roethlisberger's faults and talking about how good of a quarterback he was for a decade and a half. And I don't know that Kenny Pickett's ever going to be close to what Ben Roethlisberger was at the height of his powers. I don't know that we're going to see a Super Bowl in our lifetimes. I mean, you you just don't know the way these things work out. I'm happy I don't have to explain away the next quarterback, though. I'm happy that there's at least a guy, if it is Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky, both pretty good guys to this point. I don't have to feel bad rooting for the Steelers. And there was a while there. It wasn't just Ben. It was A, B as well. I had a tough time rooting for these guys.
3: No, certainly they're a tough bunch to root for at times. The organization was all over the place. But back to Ben specifically, you know, maybe there just maybe there never was a shift or an evolution in reality to it being someone else. Like maybe he just always was the duration of his career. Okay, we we say this with Evgeny Malkin all the time here in our town. Oh man, here's what's gonna happen. He's gonna learn to play under the structure, and he's going to do this. Maybe he just is what he is. Yeah, 37. Come, right, and you need to come to grips with it. So in retirement, we've said this to, about Ben since Alan Fanica said after he played three games he didn't really like the guy. We've said he's the passive-aggressive king. We've said, man alive, I love him on the football field, but it's a little bit tough at times to root for him off the football field. All right, maybe that's never going to freaking change – And right now, there's no more on the football field. So it doesn't gloss over the passive-aggressive stuff. All we can consume now is Ben off the football field. You know, again, I'm not trying to dog the guy, but perhaps he's just never going to change. And we keep waiting and waiting and waiting and saying, well, it'll be different someday. It'll be – see, there's a growth. There's a maturity. But it's just who he is. And I've accepted that a long time ago. I'm not waiting for something. It's just who the guy is. And there's actually great
2: comedy in this because training camp is right there. I mean, we're a blink away from camp and Ben's going to not be the guy. And maybe Kenny Pickett's the franchise quarterback. And here comes old Uncle Ben hobbling in with a limp because he was always limping for 17 straight years of his career. And he says, oh, hey, guys, remember me? I'm the guy who's been manning the huddle for the last 15 years. I'm not gone. And I, by the way, still feel like I could have played this year. And if Colbert wanted me, I could have come back. That's what
3: Ron Cook said. Do you think he – I thought of this one today as I was driving around thinking about some things and listening to some sports talk radio. Do you think Ben grows into a Terry Bradshaw-type figure late in life
2: It's like you're reading off my notepad here, brother, because he could easily distance himself from the franchise or they could get fed up with him. I don't think he would ever get to the point of there being a full divorce because Ben, he loves the spotlight way too much. So when they say, hey, number seven, come on back. We'll put you in the hall of honor. He's throwing out the first pitch at Yinzer friggin' Palooza on the 29th of PNC Park. Like he, After
3: Tommy John.
2: Is Tommy John going first?
3: No, Ben is going to have Tommy John and then go throw out the first pitch. Holy shit.
2: How stupid am I that I didn't get that joke? I don't (laughs) even know if I'm allowed to swear and I did.
3: (laughs) He's going to throw out the first pitch and then.
2: uh, You think he's going to bounce it?
3: No, I think he's going to say I had a UCL sort of something or other. (laughs) But I battled through. You know what? (laughs) I had to throw – I threw 85 pitches yesterday to my kid in the backyard. I battled through on no day's rest.
2: He is, he's going to throw one right down the pipe, and then he's going to be holding his elbow as he walks off the field.
3: He's going to have one of those contraptions that you like put on like a jacket that you stack with ice packs when he's doing the post-game. When he's doing the post-game interview, the post-first pitch interview, he'll have ice on it ready to go big ice packs but anyway continue I apologize
2: I know that's right where we needed to go I don't think Roethlisberger is going to go full Bradshaw because he needs the adoration he needs to be in the limelight but boy from the time that he retired to the time where Ben departs this earth he is going to say things that people in the Steelers front office and public relations wise are just going to have to deal with because he can't shut up, he never shut. Up. He didn't shut up when he was on the fan an hour before Mike Tomlin's press conference every Tuesday. He, he started the damn narrative
1: before the coach did.
3: I'm not going to sit up here and react to everything Ben says on his radio show. I think we're the famous words of Mike Tomlin more than once. Um, all right, what else we got? We got to get through a break, right? yeah, and come back.
2: So that's the old quarterback. Up next, how about the new quarterbacks? fourth down in the steel city you know why we're calling it that Colin? um
3: because the steelers always make it on fourth down
2: it's because we don't punt baby we're always going for it
1: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals In-depth conversations, matchup breakdowns, analysts on every game—everything a Steelers fan could want. Bear up, bear up. This is fourth down in the Steel City with your hosts Adam Crawley and Colin Duddellap.
2: Fourth down in the Steel City, Ben. We don't the
3: punt. P- we don't punt. We
2: go for it. Yes, sir. And not like weird like with the Colts against the Patriots that one year where they had like 15 guys on one side and one dude snapping it. No. We go for it and we're throwing the ball, baby. Fourth and 15. Who was that guy that, uh, who was it, Donovan McNabb threw? Was it Freddie Mitchell on like fourth and 15 against the Packers?
3: Yeah, yeah, or you could go with the Steelers and you could go for it and throw to a kicker and almost get him killed.
2: That's right. This isn't a fourth down in the city of brotherly love. This is right. fourth down in the Steel City. So Ben Roethlisberger the old quarterback. Right. New quarterbacks are Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. And let's start right here, Colin. Are you like me and don't give a rip about who wins the job so long as the guy who is the quarterback can help lead the Steelers to victories? Because I really don't care who wins as long as the best option is on the field come September 11th against the Bengals.
3: I agree with that. I agree with that uh, 100%. I do agree with who's third, or I do care about who's third, and we'll get to that in a minute, but I don't care. Like, I, look, I don't give one hell if Mitch Trubisky's a starting quarterback, if Kenny Pickett's a starting quarterback, but I do give one hell about the Pittsburgh Steelers winning football games. So I want the guy who gives them the best opportunity to win to lead this football team, because here's the other thing, too. You still have a young tight end. You still have a young running back. You have an offensive line that sucks, but there's a bunch of new people around. You have bunch of new young receivers you have to put someone in that job this has been like okay they can make a change they can make a switch I think that's hogwash and garbage I think you have to figure it out in the preseason because you need to hit the ground running not just for this year but potentially next year and the year after with a bona fide tight core unit that's like this is our guys these are our guys you're not just breaking in a new quarterback You're you're folding that quarterback into a lot of young, impressionable offensive people. So I think you need to make a decision. And this notion that, oh, we could just shift quarterbacks and maybe he plays five games. Who the hell does that? No, find your quarterback and go with it. And it doesn't matter what guy it is.
2: I think Kenny Pickett has a shot. The uh, Odyssey insider Brian Baldinger said a couple days ago that, he doesn't think that Kenny Pickett's going to be given an opportunity, and there have been varying opinions around the quote-unquote national media about this. I don't think Kenny Pickett needs to blow away Mitch Trubisky to win the job. I think if you're the guy, you're the guy. If you play better than the other guy, teammates know this. Cam Hayward knows who's going to play quarterback best. T.J. Watt knows who's going to play quarterback best. Najee Harris is going to know who he wants throwing throw in the football because it's going to push safeties back to allow him to run the football. These guys know. And so if Kenny Pickett outperforms Mitch Trubisky by a hair, so be it. If Mitch Trubisky outperforms Kenny Pickett by a hair, so be it. But I think you owe it to the other guys in the locker room, if you're Mike Tomlin, to play the best guy. And to your point, Colin, about you've got a young nucleus here that you're trying to grow with, I thought people got it wrong last year a lot when they were talking about the draft well you gave Ben a running back in his final season to lean on you gave him Pat Fryer an extra weapon in the middle of the field to maybe make him throw it there it was all about the next guy well the next guy is here whether it's Trubisky or Pickett
3: yeah oh yeah go with that a little bit because I'm intrigued how you think these quarterbacks will fold in with those young guys that I want to hear somebody else's opinion on this like do you think stylistically it matters with Najee Harris
2: I think they're the same guy. It's just who's going to execute it better. Uh, I don't know that Kenny Pickett has as big an arm as Mitch Trubisky. I don't know that Mitch Trubisky is as athletic as Kenny Pickett. I don't know that Trubisky is as smart as Kenny Pickett. I know Kenny Pickett doesn't have as much experience as Mitch Trubisky. So I think you can cut it a couple of different ways. I think that the offense is going to be the offense, though, and you're just going to have to fold one of those two guys into it. The one thing I'm interested in seeing is, And this is going to sound super cliche. I'm prepared to get made fun of. But just the compete level of Kenny Pickett at camp, you know he thinks it's his job. He has to think it's his job. And how does it affect him if and when he's not the guy right away and if he has a couple of lumps here and there?
3: No, that's a really good. Like I want to see Kenny Pickett understand failure because he hasn't really had to withstand failure for a long time since he played Western Michigan, I guess pretty much is what it was. Um, But no, honestly, like the guy has had a, he's been riding high. Hell he beat Clemson. He made a throw just before halftime. That was one of the best throws you'll see on the college football season. He was spectacular. So he hasn't realized a lot of failure and he's going to be humbled at some point during camp. How is he going to see that? Uh, Or how is he going to receive that? And how's he going to move on from it? One thing I do, I, I can't understand is what in the hell Mason Rudolph is still doing on this football team, like that to me because he is a guy that's still around and he is a guy that's still in the quarterback room. Get him the hell out of the way. What? what, I I guess he's around for an insurance policy if you go and you want to trade him, or if somebody, God forbid, one of the steel because we're always talking about people getting hurt on other teams. God forbid one of these two guys gets hurt in camp or in a preseason game. Then you have Mason Rudolph, but he serves. Yeah, yeah, he he serves. No purpose at all. And I'll say it, and I said it before. If Kenny Pickett is the third guy on the depth chart, and I, man, I don't, th- I think it's a long shot that'll happen, but if he's the third guy on the depth chart and he was drafted as your first pick in the first round and the first person at his position taken, somebody screwed up. Either he screwed up and underachieved or the Steelers screwed up and reached too much for him to be where they drafted him. He cannot go into the season number three. That's the only thing I care about. I don't care who starts, but it needs, the depth chart needs to read Trubisky Pickett or Pickett Trubisky. And that's the, or else it's screwed up.
2: Devin Bush got a helmet. He started day one, did he not? Yes. He's a first round pick. He's a top 10 pick. He started day one. Imagine if he didn't get a helmet. Imagine if T.J. Watt just didn't dress for games at a time. You can't have that happen with a rookie quarterback. You can't look at it any differently, and I think it's one of two things. It's either they screwed up in the drafting of him, and it's draft management malpractice, or if he's the three, they still would have screwed up because Kenny Pickett didn't grab the bar. Uh, Kenny Pickett let an opportunity slip through his fingertips. Here's what I can't stand, though, Colin. Mason Rudolph is owed something by the Pittsburgh Steelers. They owe him an opportunity to compete for the job.
3: They owe him a ride to the airport. Um, That's about it.
2: Why would they owe him anything? What, What has he done to deserve this extra opportunity? Tie the Lions? Lose to the Bengals? Bust his shoulder against the Jets? Look like an idiot whenever his face got broken against Earl Thomas? Get hit over the head with his own helmet by Miles Garrett? All the great things you can say about Mason Rudolph, if you want to try to say great things about Mason Rudolph, are all oh, what ifs? Well, what if this didn't happen? He would have had an opportunity. What if this didn't happen? He wouldn't have he would have had an opportunity. Okay. His if ifs and what's ran out now. I'm done yeah, with
3: him. Good for him. He got beat out by a guy wearing bright orange clothes and carrying a duck rifle around, too. So that really did happen. I I'm done with Mason Rudolph. I think you move on, but you do hold on to him probably until you can get something back him. That said though, here's a very real thing enough people aren't talking about because people don't watch football practice and don't understand it enough. Every single snap he takes, especially at Latrobe is taking one away from someone else. There's a finite number of snaps, especially now under this CBA and especially now in this, uh, in this global NBA, or NBA, in this global NFL atmosphere where they don't do a lot of stuff at camp. They just don't. There's, there's there's fewer snaps than ever, and there's fewer team snaps than ever. So every snap that Mason Rudolph is taking, he's taking it away from either Mitch Trubisky or from Kenny Pickett, and it's total garbage. Like, he needs to be relegated to it, – it honestly needs to be somewhere in the area of Rudolph should get 10% of the snaps. They won't structure it like that, but it should be. I do wonder
2: why people always go back to the well of, well, Ben Roethlisberger was third on the depth chart, and he wound up being a great player, and they really nailed that year number one for Ben. Why do people go to that well? when they realize it makes the point of everybody else, Colin. The point being, they effed up by not having Ben be the starter. If Tommy Maddox didn't get hurt, you know what's not happening, I don't think? Them winning the Super Bowl in 2005. Because Tommy Maddox is the guy in 04. Maybe he's okay, maybe not. But then 05 is the first season. And then the entire timeline of Steelers history is off. The only reason they win the Super Bowl in 05 is because they were lucky enough to have Tommy Maddox and Charlie Batch get hurt. And if they don't, then they made a grievous error because the guy didn't lose a game in his rookie season.
3: Right. Oh, I agree with you. It's, you hate it for Tommy Maddox, but in a way you don't. The best thing that ever happened was that he got hurt. So I don't know. People tell on themselves that they don't know what the hell they're talking about. You know, in Ben Roethlisberger, he was going to play at some point in that season anyway. I'm convinced of that. Tommy Maddox would have played his way off the field. That's true. But what it did, it expedited the process that always should have been the process. Speaking of new quarterbacks, I, I, I don't. I think this is kind of a hot take. I do enough people agree with me here. I, I think Mitch Trubisky is going to have a really good season. Like I think Mitch Trubisky going to go out and. It's going to be simple for him. It's going to be right in front of him. And he's going to have a really good season. Does it translate to 12 wins? No. But does it translate to a winning season? Probably. And probably even a playoff appearance. That said, I, I think it's going to be impossible just about to take him out. Like, I think he's going to be good.
2: I believe in organizational stability and I believe in talent. And Mitch Trubisky has talent. That's why he was drafted where he was. And the Steelers, for all the warts and underachieving that there's been, particularly in the Killer Bees era, they still have organizational stability. They don't lose more games than they win. They just don't. And so I think Mitch Trubisky landed in the perfect spot. I also think Mitch Trubisky was in just about as unstable a place as you can be in Chicago with a really bad head coach who belongs in Canada coaching football. And even still, he led them to the playoffs he had the third best QBR in the league. And that season, he made the Pro Bowl. Now, we're not going to talk about how a couple guys pulled out. But still, he can get it done. So I actually, yeah, I agree with you. I think Mitch Trubisky going to have a good year. And before Kenny Pickett got drafted, I was on the Mitch Trubisky train. Choo-choo, baby. I think you can win games with this guy in the league, particularly with the defense that they have. Who do you think to I- win the job, though? You think it's going to be Trubisky for those reasons?
3: Yes, I do. I think Mitch, I think Mitch Trubisky is going to win the job and I think he's going to play very well. And I think that Mitch Trubisky, they look at as really safe, like his mistakes won't be as bad as Kenny Pickett's potentially would be. And I think it'll be neck and neck through camp. But then I think when Mitch Trubisky gets into the real games, he'll actually be really good. He's, is he a glorified game manager? Sure he is, but that's kind of what they need. They need to get it out of his hands and use the offensive weaponry that they have.
2: Little play action, little rollouts, things they couldn't do last year with the crotchety old man at quarterback. I
3: have a question for you because this became a real issue last year, which was the attendance toward the end of the year. And that people weren't there a lot and that people are – and Art Rooney's looking around going like, where the hell is everybody at? Uh, Art to two. Do you – What do you think the excitement level is for these Steelers? Because I've been thinking about that quite a bit.
2: I don't think the expectations are through the roof, but I think the excitement factor is high, which usually is not the way that that jives in Pittsburgh.
3: Is it as high, though, if they go down and watch Trubisky play as opposed to Pickett? Like, is the excitement level for Pickett? And if he's not playing, not that people won't show up, but it's... It's different. They, they're excited because they think they're going to see Pickett.
2: If they were 5-2 and two with Mitch Trubisky and they're grinding by, people are happy. They're not excited. If they're 5-2 and two with Kenny Pickett at the helm, people are happy and excited because there's a little nostalgia 2004 kind of feel. So I do think it matters. I also think because we don't know the order of these guys playing in game number one at Acresher Stadium, yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty doggone big crowd for a preseason game in that one.
3: I love preseason crowds, as an aside, because it's always – The lady at the office got tickets from her boss because it's the game he doesn't want to go to and sit in 170-degree heat. And then her husband and the other people don't want to go to the game, so she gave them to her neighbor, and it's the one guy who's never been to Heinz Field, AccraSure Stadium. Nobody's really (laughs) been to AccraSure Stadium. And so they go down, and they act like bozos, and they've never been there, and it gets wild, and they drink 400 beers for a preseason game, and they're not prepared for the heat and the sun that just melts them. And then it's just, preseason crowds are, preseason crowds are everybody that watches that old Steeler trivia show that was on at like 11.35 after the news.
2: Yes, it is. And that office lady that you bring up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. After every score the opposition puts on the board, she turns to her husband and goes, Oh, can you believe it? Not understanding that this game just doesn't mean jack
3: crap. Right, and Tomlin should be fine.
2: Speaking of which fourth down in the steel city rolls on colin and i asked the question what is Mike common need out of 2022
1: in-depth conversations matchup breakdown analysts on every game everything a steelers fan could want bear love, bear love. this is fourth down in the steel city with your hosts adam crawley and colin dudlap <laughs>
0: Fourth
2: down in the Steel City. Steelers getting ready for training camp in Latrobe.
3: Latrobe, have we figured that one out too? Latrobe or Latrobe? There are people who are like from Westmoreland County and they are very uh, regional and protective of it. So which one, is it Latrobe or Latrobe?
2: It is Latrobe. See, I was told Latrobe by a Latrober. Now maybe they were a fraud Latrober, and maybe it is La Trobe, and they're trying to be the fly in the ointment. But I've heard La Trobe.
3: I think it is La Trobe. And you have to trust the people that are there but, and are from there. But everybody who's not from there just calls it La Trobe. Everybody right. who's from there calls it La Trobe. But I have a hard time saying La Trobe when my whole life I've said La Trobe.
2: Can I be honest with you?
3: And You don't give a hell.
2: I said La Trobe to start I don't even know if I did it on purpose, so then I decided I was going to be a laytrobe guy when I really don't give a hell. I do have a great training camp story, though.
3: Oh, yeah? Tell it real quick. What do you got? Be, yeah, it Ben will have, have to be real quick. quick. We got plenty of time. Yeah,
2: it, you know what it is, Kong? It's a podcast.
3: We can do what we yes. want. podcast. Fourth down in the Steel City.
2: That's right. I was at training camp, and I was at a local establishment there. Maybe they'll advertise one day.
3: behind yes. <laughs>
2: my laughter tells you all you need to know about whether or not I know what that place is. But Ben Roethlisberger, it's funny. You mentioned the beehive. Ben Roethlisberger was there and at the beehive at this establishment. Oh, oh, okay. You'll you'll hear what I mean in a second. And I was drunk. Ben bought a couple of us media members drinks. Then he went off and did his own thing. He wasn't going to socialize with us. In fact, I think he was hanging out with Charlie batch and I was outside smoking a dart. And Ben Roethlisberger walks out, and there's a woman, big lady.
3: And yeah, she- like, okay, big, hold on. Yeah, like, okay, hold okay. on. Like, Zach Gentry or Casey Hampton, big?
2: Uh, she was a Casey Hampton at.
3: Oh, you, you mean she was a mauler? Like, she was,
2: yeah. yeah we're like not
3: JC about- Hassanauer, big?
2: <sighs> Bigger. Like, we're not talking about. Some a, a woman who's broad, right, who might be on, like, the national rowing team. I'm right, talking right. about a lady who would sink a rowboat if she got into it, is sort of what I'm getting at. And she asked Ben Roethlisberger to sign the top of her breast. She didn't pull them out,
1: right, but just she asked. pulled it
2: down far enough. Reasonable request. Yeah, different.
3: I'm okay. All right. And what happened?
2: He signed it, like, right above, right above where I would have to imagine the areola was.
3: That's the red part, right?
2: What are the expectations for Mike Tallman in 2022? He's come under a lot of fire locally, Colin. Nationally, everyone loves Mike Tallman. I'm more in line with the national opinion on Mike. I think he's a hell of a head coach, but they haven't won a playoff game in quite some time, and they've generally faded down the stretch in recent seasons. So what do you think Mike Tallman has to do in 2022 for the season to be
3: constituted a success? Sign some breasts. Um, no, I think that uh, – I think he has to win a playoff game. You know, I, I don't know how much longer – and, and it, what I think, what you think, what people in Steeler Nation think, what listeners to uh, Fourth Down in the Steel City think and subscribers think is different than what's thought of in the internal walls uh, – within the internal walls of the Pittsburgh Steeler offices. I think they just think he just needs to keep it moving, not have a losing season, maybe go to the playoffs, maybe just, you know, make the playoffs, whatever. I I don't, for me, I don't know how long stagnation continues to be acceptable. Those are just my standards, not the standard is the standard with the Steelers. Like, how long is doing this going to be okay? For me, it's not. For them, it's different, you know.
2: And the national perspective, I think it's somewhat flawed because you understand the way things are everywhere else and how hard it is to win in the NFL. And the Steelers have not lost more games than they've won since 2003, which is really a remarkable thing. It is right. not an easy thing to accomplish. However, We we saw this with Jamie Dixon at Pitt. You also become victim of your own success. And you've got to, at some point, win a playoff game. And not even that, Colin, you've got to be freaking competitive in a playoff game, man. They weren't competitive against the Chiefs. They weren't competitive against the Browns. They weren't competitive against the Jags. And only one of those three can you make the argument where you can say, all right, that's somewhat. Acceptable because it's on the road against Patty Mahomes. The other two at home, and Mike Tomlin's a defensive guy. So for me, one
3: of them at home without the other team having their head coach.
2: That's right. That's right. They got beat with a head coachless team. So for me to answer my own question, long winded as I've been, for it to be a successful season for Mike Tomlin, A, I think they got to have a top five defense. If they don't, with the talent they have, that's coaching malpractice. And B, I'd like to see them. And this is sort of loser's mentality, but I'd like to see them at least be competitive in a damn playoff game where I have some i some doubt rather about the outcome in the fourth quarter been a while
3: yeah, I agree with you there. I mean I'd like to see them win a playoff game, but if you tell me they lost you know twenty eight uh 28, 27 on a last second field goal or they lost on a last possession and, and, and threw the football away or couldn't make. Uh, couldn't make the sticks and they lost by a touchdown in a game that was back and forth and competitive the whole time. And they lost 35 27. I'll take it. I'll take it. But it, at some point, enough's enough. But in order to get to, and I've said this before too, Adam, in order to get to enough's enough, there has to be preceding that, one would think, an on notice situation. And we haven't even, huh. it seems like from art standpoint, triggered the on notice. That's the scary part for me. Okay, I can understand you not wanting to jump right to Mike Tomlin needs to be fired. That's fine. But why isn't there any heat under his seat? That that part, because it'll take that for one whole season before you even contemplate moving on. The heat hasn't been turned up by anybody but the paying customer. Nobody inside those walls says, hey, there's even the semblance of anything wrong. That's
2: weird to me. I'm with you, and I don't even think if they had a losing season, one losing season, I don't think even that sets off the red flags in that building. It didn't with Cowher. They gave Cowher an extension after a losing season. So Mike Comlin, he has never had one. You have one, I don't think you're on notice. You have two, okay, maybe now you're on notice. Or, hey, maybe they just give you a contract extension. I don't also. I also don't believe in the. I, I did say earlier on uh, on the second segment that I believe in organizational stability. I don't have a lot of faith, though, that Art Rooney II can make hires the way Papa could, though. And so I
3: believe in organizational stability too. But the only other entity that's had three leaders since 1969 or whatever is North Korea. So. Sometimes it's okay to look out of house.
2: You know what, though? They're arousing success. Just ask them. Um huh. Wait. Hmm. What other camp battles are you looking at? That's right. We've reached camp battle portion camp of battles. podcast one.
3: I am looking at is it a two dogs one bone situation with the receivers, with the young receivers? It might be. It, it all depends on Claypool. And if Claypool kind of separates himself and he's really good. And then you got Deontay Johnson and he's really good. um, Are they going to employ four receivers? Sure. Yeah, at times, maybe. But they also got a kick-ass tight end. So one of the rookies is going to find – there's got to be a drop-off somewhere. One of the rookie receivers is going to get a lot more playing time than the other rookie receiver. That's just the case, I think.
2: Oh, definitely. And I would think that – it would be George Pickens that would win the battle because the pedigree, obviously. But also, I think especially if it's Kenny Pickett, he's a guy that you look at down the field, and even if he ain't open, you think that guy might be open. So I, I would give the advantage there. I don't think I'm breaking any news on that. My camp battle is not one that I think gets decided actually in camp, but it's the offensive line this year versus the offensive line last year versus the offensive line from the year before, Colin. Right. Last season, at the same time, I said, they're going to be better. They can't be worse. And guess what? They were effing worse. Now I'm saying, oh, they probably can't be worse. Eh, I think that they could be worse because I just saw them be worse than they were the year before where they were pretty doggone bad. So I'm interested to see where this offensive line goes as a whole. I can't sit here and talk about Mason Cole v. Kendrick Green. That's not interesting to me. But the full unit, they need to be better than where they were last year. And I'm not convinced that they've done enough to fix that.
3: I don't know if they have either. I just wonder if the ability for a quarterback to throw the football deep down the middle of the field can help everybody on the offense. Even if he doesn't do it all the time, uh, even the threat of being able to do that, if it'll help. And I think maybe it will to some degree. But we'll see. The offensive line wasn't good. And uh, Najee Harris can't keep getting snowed under. That That doesn't help, you know.
2: Calling you going, huh? Next week, La Trobe? La Trobe?
3: Either one, both. Yes, I'll be there. La Trobe. Um, so the camp battles, I don't know. I don't, they don't, I don't want to say they don't intrigue me much. One thing I do want to see. You know something we're taking for granted? I'll tell, tell me. you this. That Tyson Alu, Alu is just fully healthy and ready to go.
2: And if he's not healthy, well, this Larry Ogunjobi guy is healthy. So Correct. much so that they tore up the contract in Chicago.
3: Like, we are taking for granted that at least one of those guys is going to play at full form. They're big guys. It's hard to come back from injuries like that when you're big guys. And neither one of them are 21 years old either. No. I I want them to be good. I want them to come back from injury. But you, I think, if you look at it and you remove yourself from – black and gold glasses, you say, all right, like there's a chance that one or both of them might not be at the level in which they were before the injuries.
2: Forget quarterback because duh, but what could decide this team if it's not quarterback is the middle of the defense. Right. Tyson Alualu, Larry O'Gunjobi, Miles Jack. They could all be great. One could be great. There's all kinds of different machinations there. If they all suck, Steelers defense probably ain't going to be much better than it was last year where they were only good for like half the season.
3: Miles Jack is going to make everybody forget about Devin Bush. Uh, honestly.
2: I don't know that I'm ever going to forget about Devin Bush.
3: Well, you know what I'm saying. Um, do you think Miles Jack will be good?
2: I do. I do. I think he is a black Joe Schober.
3: Okay. Certainly. What Which would- should help. Because he's going
2: to be better than Joe Schobert. I hope he's Joe
3: better Showbert. than Joe Schobert. Joe Schobert was really bad. I mean, one of the worst acquisitions they've ever I had. For,
2: I forget who the running back was coming out on a swing pass down the field. And poor Joe Schobert. He was running as fast as he could, and he was still three yards behind him. Forget what game that was, but...
3: Uh, not sure. good. No. Fourth down in the Steel City. You know what I think we should do moving forward? Q and A. Elicit questions. Have people drop them to us. Hit us on our Twitter. Mm. Maybe even uh, build a mailbox. This is going to happen. I think that that absolutely should work.
2: We should. We should. We'll do that to end the show. Not today. Right, we're, we're, yeah. We're,
3: we're just introducing this right now. Right. We're just yeah. Saying hi.
2: I mean, this is really just like a, how you doing. I think that's a good call. So, what's your Twitter account called?
3: Mine. What's the Twitter account for? Hold on. I have it right here on my phone.
2: Okay. I was trying to for buy time. I, buy time for you to give yours that I would find the no, thing. No,
3: we have one for fourth down in the Steel City. I know. And I you know what it for. is? It is at fourth down steel. At fourth down steel. Right there. At. Look at that. Bang. Fourth down in the Steel City. Look at that picture. That's how I say it in Pittsburgh. Look at that picture. We're hot. Yeah. Look at that picture.
2: I know we're hot. I know we've elicited questions on Twitter. Are we done then? I think we, we might
3: be. I think we are done until next time. This has been a rousing success. It's just gonna build and build and build and build. We may even have a guest or two at times, huh? Really? Yes, sir.
2: Alright, that sounds good. We'll talk to you at the beginning of next week. I believe it comes out Tuesday morning, fourth down in the Steel City. Bi weekly. No. Is that what it's called? Bi weekly?
3: We, no. We're accepting of all Sometimes kinds, yes.
2: We'll talk the ins on Tuesday.